Section 21 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Vandervis. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1, Mammals, by Charles Lewis Cornish, Editor. The Jackal, the Maned Wolf, the Wild Dog of Africa, the Indian Wild Dog, the Dingo. The Jackal. Of the wild canine family, the jackal is the next in numbers and importance to the wolves. Probably in the east, it is the most numerous of any. In India, Egypt, and Syria, it regularly haunts the outskirts of cities and lives on refuse. In the Indian plains, wounded animals are also killed by the jackals. At night, the creatures assemble in packs and scour the outskirts of the cities. Horrible are the howlings and the weird cries of these hungry packs. In Ceylon, they live in the hills and open country like foxes and kill the hares. When taken young, jackals can be tamed and have all the manners of a dog. They wag their tails, fawn on their master, roll over and stick up their paws, and could probably be domesticated in a few generations were it worth the while. They eat fruits and vegetables, such as melons and pumpkins, eagerly. In Africa, two species are found, the black-backed jackal and the striped jackal. The former is the size of a large English fox. The young jackals are born in holes or earths. Six seems to be the usual number of puppies. They have nearly always a back door by which they can escape. This is just large enough for the puppies to squeeze through whatever their size. When fox terriers are put into the earth, the jackal puppies fly out of their back doors, through which, as a rule, the terriers are unable to follow them. Should there be no one outside, the puppies race out onto the veldt as hard as they can go. This jackal is terribly destructive to sheep and lambs in the colony. A reward of 7S6D per tail is paid to the kaffirs for killing them. The side-striped jackal is a Central African species said to hunt in packs, to interbreed with domestic dogs, and to be the most easily tamed. Both in India and South Africa, the jackal has been found to be of some service to the white man by providing him with a substitute for the fox to hunt. It has quite as remarkable powers of endurance as the fox, though it does not fight in the same determined way when the hounds overtake it but it is not easy to estimate the courage of a fox when in difficulties. The writer has known one, when coursed by two large greyhounds, to disable both almost instantaneously. One was bitten across the muzzle, the other through the foot. The fox escaped without a bite from either. In India, the hounds used are drafts from English packs. The hot weather does not suit them, and they are seldom long-lived. But while they are in health, they will run a jackal across the Indian plains as gaily as they would a fox over the Hampshire Downs. The meat is very early in the morning, as the scent then lies and riding is not too great an exertion. The ground drawn is not the familiar English covert, but fields, watercourses, and old buildings. A strong dog jackal goes away at a great pace, and as the ground is open, the animal is often in view for the greater part of the run but it keeps well ahead of the hounds, often for three or four miles, and if it does not escape into a hole or ruin, it is usually pulled down by them. 
Major General R.S.S. Baden-Powell has written and illustrated an amusing account of his days with the foxhounds of South Africa hunting jackals. The local Boer farmers, rough, unkempt, and in ragged trousers, used to turn up smoking their pipes to enjoy the sport with the smartly got-up English officers. When once the game was found, they were just as excited as the Englishmen, and on their Boer ponies rode just as hard and with perhaps more judgment. Jackals are said to be much increasing in South Africa since the outbreak of the war. The fighting has so far arrested farming operations that the war usually maintained on all beasts which destroy cattle or sheep has been allowed to drop. In parts of the more hilly districts, both the jackal and the leopard are reappearing where they have not been common for years, and it will take some time before these enemies of the farmer are destroyed. The Maned Wolf this is by far the largest of several peculiar South American species of the dog family, which we have not room to mention. It occurs in Paraguay and adjoining regions, and is easily distinguishable by its long limbs and large ears. It is a chestnut red in color, with the lower part of the legs black, and is solitary in its habits. The Wild Dog of Africa, or Cape Hunting Dog this is a most interesting creature, differing from the true dogs in having only four toes on both fore and hind feet, and in being spotted like a hyena. These dogs are the scourge of African game hunting in packs. Long of limb and swift of foot, incessantly restless, with an overpowering desire to snap and bite for mere animal spirits, the Cape Wild Dog, even when in captivity and attached to its master, is an intractable beast. In its native state, it kills the farmer's cattle and sheep and the largest antelopes. A pack has been seen to kill and devour to the last morsel a large buck in 15 minutes. Drummond says, It is a marvelous sight to see a pack of them hunting, drawing cover after cover, their sharp bell-like note ringing through the air, while a few of the fastest of their number take up their places along the expected line of the run, the wind, the nature of the ground, and the habits of the game being all taken into consideration with wonderful skill. The same writer says that he has seen them dash into a herd of cattle feeding not a hundred yards from the house, drive out a beast, disappear over a rising ground, kill it, and pick its bones before a horse could be saddled and ridden to the place. The Indian Wild Dogs Mr. Rudyard Kipling's stories of the Dole, the red dog of the Indian jungle, have made the world familiar with these ferocious and wonderfully bold wild dogs. There is very little doubt they were found in historic times in Asia Minor. Possibly the surviving stories of the Gabriel Hounds and other ghostly packs driving deer alone in the German and Russian forests, tales which remain even in remote parts of England, are a survival of the days when the wild dogs lived in Europe. At present, there is only one species of long-haired wild dog in west-central Siberia. These dogs killed nearly all the deer in the large forests near Omsk some years ago. Across the Himalaya, there are several species, one of them as far east as Burma. But the most famous are the red dogs of the Deccan. They frequent both the jungles and the hills, but their favorite haunt is the uplands of the Indian Ghats. They are larger than a jackal, much stronger, and hunt in packs. 
They have only 10 teeth on each side instead of 11, as in other dogs and foxes. There is no doubt that these fierce hunting dogs actually take prey from the tiger's jaws and probably attack the tiger itself. They will beset a tiger at any time, and the latter seems to have learnt from them an instinctive fear of dogs. Not so the leopard, which being able to climb, has nothing to fear even from the dole. A coffee planter, inspecting his grounds, heard a curious noise in the forest bordering his estate. On going around the corner of a thick bush, he almost trod on the tail of a tiger standing with his back towards him. He silently retreated, but as he did so, he saw that there was a pack of wild dogs a few paces in front of the tiger yelping at him and making the peculiar noise which had previously attracted his attention. Having procured a rifle, he returned with some of his men to the spot. The tiger was gone, but they disturbed a large pack of wild dogs feeding on the body of a stag. This, on examination, proved to have been killed by the tiger, for there were the marks of the teeth in its neck. The dogs had clearly driven the tiger from his prey and appropriated it. The dread of the tiger for these wild dogs was discovered by the sportsmen of the Nilgiri Hills and put to good use. They used to collect scratch packs and hunt up tigers in the woods. The tiger, thinking they were the dreaded wild pack, would either leave altogether or scramble into a tree. As tigers never do this ordinarily, it shows how wild dogs get on their nerves. Several South American wild dogs and foxes are included in the series with the wolves and the jackals. Among these are the Azara's dog and the raccoon dog. These are commonly called foxes, although they have wolf-like skulls. The dingo. The only non-marsupial animal of Australia when the continent was discovered was the wild dog or dingo. Its origin is not known, but as soon as the settlers' flocks and herds began to increase, its ravages were most serious, though doubtless some of the havoc with which it is accredited was due in great measure to runaways from domestication. Anyhow, in the dingo, the settlers found the most formidable enemy with which they had to contend, and vigorous measures were taken to reduce their numbers and minimize their ravages, so that by now they are nearly exterminated in Van Diemen's land and rare on the mainland of Australia. It is a fine, bold dog of considerable size, generally long-coated of a light tan color with pricked-up ears. It is easily tamed, and some of those kept in this country have made affectionate pets. Puppies are regularly bred and sold at the zoological gardens. The animal has an elongated, flat head, which is carried high, the fur is soft, and the tail bushy. In the wild state, it is very muscular and fierce. End of section 21. Recording by Diana Vandervis, Winnipeg, Canada.